Welcome to Life After Bay. I'm your host Martin, as known as It's Me Maxine. First of all, I hope you all had a good start into the new year and I wish you all the best for it. This is the first full-time episode of my podcast after the trailer. If you want to know more of what to expect in the podcast, who I am and who inspired me, please give the trailer episode a try. It's only 10 minutes. From the trailer, I got the feedback that you loved my voice. So thank you. And that I should be talking more freely and not so scripted. Yeah, I will try this, but as having Asperger for me, is it much more safer and easier to write down the text and then just read it. But I will give it a try. Also, you seem to like my broad range of view onto the fandom and the game. Thanks, and we will see how I will tackle that in the future. Ah, and I think I had to apologize to my catty because I think I pronounced her name the wrong way in the trailer. Maybe it's because I have a colleague of mine who has a name May with an E, not an A. So sorry for that, Mai. By the way, Mai was a guest in the great podcast Games and Groceries, where she talked about the Life is Strange fans community and what she experienced when building the fandom side over the years. You should really give it a try. I will link the episode in the description. Kudos again to Riley Hawk for letting me use her Life is Strange inspired music for the podcast and Olya Rue for the fan art. So today I want to focus on myself and my story of getting into the fandom. Trigger warning. This time I will be roughly naming some topics which may be not appropriate or embarrassing for people under roughly 16. So I will mark this podcast with the explicit tag if you wonder about it when seeing it in your favorite streaming platform or app. I will not go deeper into them at this time, but maybe in future podcasts. If you want to hear the podcast and only skip these few minutes, I will give a hint shortly before and after that part and try to build chapter marks so that you can easily skip them in your player. As this is really personal, I will also share some stuff that happened to me and loved ones. So I will also talk about mental health problems and death of loved ones. As always, there may be spoilers ahead, which I will not explicitly mark, so continue only if you aware of this fact. So let's get started, as Diane Hutton, as known as the voiceover artist from the character Kate Marsh, in Life is Strange would say in her great podcast Gaming and Gabbing, with her co-host Amber Plaster. You should really check out her podcast, I will link it in the show notes. And with this quote, we are already at the core of it. My insecurity, my shyness, my understatement, and not bringing in my own ideas or thoughts. Always lurking in the back and watching and studying people and try to be as invisible as possible. I was very good at it as a child. Other kids exactly knew what they wanted and could express their feelings, wishes and dreams. Me? I had no idea who I was, what I wanted and how to survive all of this. My strategy was to mimic other people. I was so good at it that it was sometimes creepy. Most people didn't recognize or rather like when you imitate them with their gestures, their facial expression, their habits and their cool slogans. Few people recognized and some got even angry because they thought I would mirror them to act out on them or show them how ridiculous they are. I even imitated their decisions in life or choose the easiest path available and didn't have a goal or any kind of wish for a job or what I want to achieve in life. 
As a later Star Trek fan, I saw similarities in the Borg, a kind of species where all life forms were assimilated into a collective and a hive mind. Some would say, okay, this is normal for a teenager, and this is the normal process of coming of age. In a way, this is correct, but for me this almost never ended. I couldn't accomplish or be proud of what I had achieved. I couldn't get a hold if someone praised me privately or in the job, and I almost never expressed my feelings. I was very lucky that I met my wife back then. Over the years it got better, but I still wasn't able to say what I want or make decisions on my own, or I always chimed in into decisions but never made one directly myself. Then a lot of things happened in a small time frame. I was the one going vegan first in our family. My wife was vegetarian since her teenage years and I was getting vegetarian after some time when we met. This was a total breakthrough for me. I made a life-altering decision on my own. There were following some hard times when my mother-in-law died of cancer and my father-in-law died later after he lived nearby us and we cared for him. And I was the first time speaking to my wife and children that I had mental problems and had to visit a psychologist and counselor. It took me two years to get a therapy, but I was lucky that in the meantime my anxiety problems subdued substantially in the meantime. Please always make sure to seek professional help as soon as possible if you have mental or physical problems. It's okay to tell these loved ones, friends, help groups or helplines, but please make sure you visit or make an appointment with an accredited doctor or professional service. I will give some starting points in the description. These may vary in your region and for your language. And always remember, mental problems are real and need the same attention but maybe different treatment as physical problems. It's no weakness to speak about them, on the contrary, it's brave and you don't need to apologize for it. You are not alone and there is always help available, which is always different but you can make it. You are worth it and you are wonderful. I had to find this out for myself after a long struggle. And here Diane Hatton, as known as Kate, comes again, as she is also promoting this topic and I will link some stuff from her. In the meantime, my two sons were diagnosed with depression and Asperger autism. When my anxiety therapy began, I started playing Life is Strange. I heard from it a long time ago and I was even testing episode 1 on Steam back then, but I was distracted back then by all the problems I had. In the meantime, I had found another special interest, and this was everything about queer life, identity, heteronormativity, and the patriarchate in place and the inequality of women. While I bought a video console because my employer had some bargain offers, I found through chance a copy of Life is Strange and Before the Storm, this is the prequel, in my local library and began playing the games. I even told my counselor in my therapy about it and how it helped me and how I could relate to it. I will come to this impact which Life is Strange had on me in a few steps. Just uh, some words about gaming. I wasn't much of a gamer in my teens. I was mostly collecting all the games I could and was watching or helping friends playing them. The type of game I liked most were adventures, like text adventures from Infocom like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or graphical ones from LucasArts like Day of the Tentacle. 
After that phase I didn't play almost no video game at all for roughly 30 years. Seems sad and I wish I would have found out more about the positivity uh, of games and games as art. But more of that in another episode. Only with my kids I seldom played games like Machinarium, which we needed over 10 years to finish them. That's really true. I will link it in the description. So now we come into the artistic part with Asperger. My therapist said, okay, you have two sons with diagnosed Asperger. And as you describe your father, he seems to show also typical autistic behavior. And even then I didn't get the clue. She and the institution she was working for weren't specialized in artistic diagnosis and therapy. So she gave me some contact addresses. Hold on, I will come to Life is Strange in a second. To really got me going to realize that I really might have Asperger, another step was necessary. Yeah, in retrospective, I was wondering how one could be so blind and stupid. I was reading the wonderful comics from Daniela Schreiter, which is writing about her childhood, teenage and adulthood in her Schattenspringer books. Through another coincidence, the author of a virtual vegan community I was in made me aware of a new comic by Daniela. And in this comic I had this magic life-changing moment. It was when I saw her comic about herself posing with a teenage friend, which was totally different from her, when I realized that they look either like Chloe and Rachel or Chloe and Max. And yes, no doubt, there was the firewalk, t-shirt and welcome to Arcadia Bay banner. Now everything made sense. I had the same friend in high school. He got me to every party and every event and I was following like a puppet, even if I was totally overloaded. He made every decision and I was his minion. At the same time I profited from it because I was getting social contacts, made stereotypical teenage experiences and was no real outsider anymore. And to what I will be thankful for the rest of my life is, even if I haven't met him for decades, that through him I got to know my now wife. Okay, so now we know I have Asperger, which was, was confirmed later by a test in a medical center in May 2020 in full corona times. I am no video game player. I am into promoting women and their equality and the wish for more open identity and equality like Uh, claimed from the LGBTIQA plus queer community. And now comes the perfect fit. Life is strange. To fully understand, I tell you a little bit of my Asperger symptoms, mechanisms and behavior. Please keep in mind that I will only speak for myself and I cannot speak for the autistic community, nor I'm a professional. If you are unsure, I put some links in the description, but these are only mostly Germany-based starting points. Please have a look in your region where you can start and find like-minded people, help and information. I will only briefly touch this topic as it will take too long and I may make a special extra episode about it. So I go over it very roughly. Please check for places that specifically focus more on the ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. In general, it's a neurodevelopmental condition syndrome, including but not limited to social communication and interaction, processing sensory experiences, special interests, routines and stimming. 
In other words, I have sometimes problems understanding what people truly mean. Having problems reading their facial expressions and will sometimes be very direct and seemingly not very emotional to others. I also love when it's quiet and I can talk to people in a one-on-one -on -one situation and not with many other people at once. Also, as you may have noticed, I have very, very special interests like Life is Strange and Queerness. And I love routines, like doing things always the same way. This gives me comfort and predictability in an ever-changing and sometimes hard-to-interpret world. Also, I have some physical coping mechanisms during stress, which are called skimming. For example, I might bite my nails or play with my lips or eyebrows. Asperger is now officially diagnosed as part of the autism spectrum and not a separate diagnosis anymore, even though it is still widely used. Even I use it myself, because a lot of stereotypes are connected with the term autism. On the other hand, it may seem sometimes that people diagnosed with Asperger may stand out against other people of the autism spectrum, which might lead to further discrimination and separation even in the same group. People are mostly called themselves on the spectrum. Aspies or AT for atypical. On the contrary to NT, neurotypicals, which has the same implication of the binary status almost identical to the heteronormativity for gender and identity like male and female or heterosexuality and queer. So there's also a part of the community like in queer theory to see autism as part of the normal spectrum not seen as a disorder which has other practical drawbacks, uh, like not realizing that people on the spectrum might need special treatment and laws that allow them to get special care, extra help and more retreat possibilities. So part of the community would not call themselves disabled or as part of the disabled community. But that is another story. But let's go to some real life points before it gets too metaphoric and my Asperger kicks in too much. In Life is Strange, you play the protagonist Max, short for Maxine, from a third-person view. She's an 18-year-old teenager who came back to her hometown to study photography at the local Blackwell Academy. Of course, I was intrigued that this was an adventure with a female protagonist. and I liked the way she looked. She's depicted as having middle-long hair, a mostly not typical female style with almost no makeup and a minimalistic outfit. In the first scenes, it's clear that she is the more introverted type and kind of outsider, but has some real friends. All her attributes seem to match mine. She's shy, but she's also curious up to the point being nosy, depending sometimes on your decisions in the game. She's open-minded and tries to connect almost with everyone, even the outsiders and alpha stereotypes. But depending on your decisions, she can also stand up against bullying and even can learn new perspectives from the bully's history. At the same time, she's not so good in saying no, and it's sometimes too friendly where she could or should be more direct and set hard limitations. But then it's fun to see how Max and Chloe seem to mutually get the best from each other. Also stop each other's in the tracks if the other overshoot the marks and care for each other. Max also seems to be someone who loves relaxed and quiet surroundings, with low impact and minimum outside distractions, like me. One of the three things I liked most about Life is Strange is the one I struggled the most in my life. Decision making. 
even this is a limited world and mostly a linear approach and storytelling, it really helped me. What I liked is that these decisions sometimes were not that important, but sometimes had real impact and one was struggling and think, okay, what would I do or what could the character or what would I do if I would be in the position of the character? What could happen? Could I live with that and the implications? What really helped me was the fact that these decisions were like the old adventures I knew. They had no time limit and I could take all the time in the world to answer them. In the following game, the prequel Before the Storm and Life is Strange 2, there's a change to this and sometimes there's a time limit or you have to make almost real-time decisions. While I can understand that from a designer and player's perspective to make the game even more realistic, I was glad that with my autism I had enough time. Another thing I liked is that you have several points or places in the game, the so-called moments of calm, where you can just sit down and relax. Let your own thoughts run free and even listen to the thoughts and memories of Max and see some new perspectives of the scenery you are currently in. Trigger warning. Of course, Life is Strange is mostly famous for bringing up a lot of real-life problems and taboos, which are mostly not tackled in games, let alone in real life most of the time. Sure, there are the obvious ones like bullying, mental health problems, violence and sexual harassment. But there are also ones which hit me and most other players really hard and sometimes feel so real because you are already so attached to these characters that some people even switched off consoles in mid-game or restarted the game so that they can make the right choices. I think the most famous one is the suicide scene where you can save the character Kate only by replying in specific ways that would persuade the character. But you either have to be lucky to guess, be a good observer in the scenes before or cheat and search for the right answers. So some people I watched live streaming the game even felt guilty by not saving Kate. For this reason I would not recommend this game for younger teenagers. I think in Germany it has a FSK 12 and a PG 16 label. It depends on you and the development of your teenager but I would recommend it earliest within Uh, the time frame of 15 years and up. Because there are other hard stuff coming up like drugs, torture, murder and an uncovering of corpses and I could on. So prepare for some emotional impact. My daughter is 11 years old and I only allowed her to play together with me the bonus episode Farewell of Before the Storm where Max and Chloe are about 13 years old and nothing bad happens except Chloe's dad dies, but that was already known to her and we talked about some topics beforehand. Of course she knows I'm a Life is Strange addict, so she will get to know the one or the other hint of what happens in the game. So I will not explicitly talk about parts of the game, but will answer her questions if she has one because of new fan art or general questions of the game. Another scene that hit me really hard was the one in an alternate timeline where Chloe asks you to assist her in suicide because her situation as a quadriplegic on top of constantly suffering from pain and other medical problems will be terminal in the near future. What gave me a really hard time was the last episode, the nightmare scenery which totally triggered my anxiety problems during that time with my therapy about my general anxiety. Trigger warning ending.
I could go on forever, what I liked and resonated about the game, and I will only list it here shortly and will give some links in the description. The music is wonderful and fits perfectly to the tone of the story and the game, but I have to admit there are too many old white straight men, uh, like me. Oh, that was an own goal. Photography. You can take pictures of some events or stages which are totally optional but uh, are used as a kind of cool collection tool and of course is totally retro and done with a Polaroid. I also love photography and also this kind of analogy because as Max says she is viewing the world safely through her viewfinder. Max time rewind powers. Of course this is a trick to redo and overthink some decisions you make. Not every decision can be undone but is then clearly marked as so beforehand. But it's also a typical fantasy or sci-fi element in many games and stories. Of course, the butterfly effect and alternative universe scenarios play a great role and leave the story open to endless opportunities and storylines. Some are also even told briefly in the game. Max as a person has almost no labels on her, except maybe the retro hipster style thing with her analog Polaroid camera. One could say that the designers intentionally made her that flat and not fall into some stereotype because then they would not offend someone or didn't have the stand to pick one side. But for me it was perfect because she's the ideal projection screen for my feelings, emotions and how I see myself. So I could perfectly feel with her. And the great advantage is that her character also gains strength, self-esteem and acceptance by a lot of other characters sometimes, depending on your decisions. And what's mostly fascinating is that even the voice-over actor for Max, which is Hannah Tell, said during interviews that she also was in some aspects as Max and gained confidence and goals over the time of the Life is Strange project. And you can clearly feel and hear that in the game and that makes it even more believable and relatable. Max is never officially labeled by the designers as autistic, because they don't want any labels on her and leave it up to the player to relate to her. In a way, I can understand this. And this was a good decision, I think. Another part of me wishes that wouldn't be so... but then the game wouldn't be so open and the fandom may be different. And maybe the stereotypes and critics. It's maybe the same with not putting her into a specific sexual orientation draw. So you are free to engage with male or female characters so she can be straight, gay, bi, pan or I think asexual and have romantic relationships. But as you see we are in the middle of the discussion and I leave it up to the audience, players and of course the artist of fanfiction discover all aspects of that. And of course because of this openness there are tons of fanfiction stories and videos with all kinds of ships and combinations one can think of and even beyond. That's what I love the most that there's no limit. Of course, that can be tricky with anything open because all sites could use this, but then it's what to be discussed and decided by the community at large then. Even if there's an established canon, the community is mostly open to other ideas and paths. We may come to the limits of the game and characters in another episode, speaking of limitations I mentioned in the trailer episode. Speaking of fanfics in the next episode, I will interview a person writing stories in this fandom and endeavor the broadness and maybe limitations there and of course the impact of Life is Strange on that person. 
so stay tuned for the next episode on the last Sunday of February. And because of my autism, life is strange and COVID, I also started writing my first fanfiction story, but more of that in the next time. Maybe you noticed that in the trailer I talked about learning to play the guitar, to be able to perform the piece of music from Daughter called Witches. It's from the soundtrack of the prequel Life is Strange Before the Storm. I have to admit that I started and get all the basic technical details and played some chords, but I also learned that it's better to start small and play some easy to get along riffs and songs to have some feeling of achievement before you get stuck and get frustrated when learning for months or years just to play one single song, which may be too difficult at first. So I settled a little bit lower, thanks autism, and maybe play some things in the next episode. Oh, and of course I have some acknowledgements this time. The most I did already during the podcast itself, but here it comes. Uh, I want to thank Daniela Schreiter, as known as Fuchskind, for her wonderful work of arts and comics about autism, and of course for allowing me to show a copy of the parts of her book that made me see I'm artistic in the end. All the Life is Strange voice actors, especially Hannah Tell as Max and Diane Hutton as Kate. You are so great in what you are doing and I love the way you performed these characters. All the people on the Life is Strange fandom. Your diversity, creativity and experience is so inspiring and sometimes heartbreaking that it's an endless source of power and comprehension for me. And I'm really proud that it doesn't matter how old you are, where do you come from, what do you experienced, but that you are welcomed the way you are and you can be what you want. I want to also credit another artist, it's HDHD Brie, because through her comics I realized a lot about me and my daughter. She's making comics about her experience with HDHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and other experiences in that field. I'm not confirmed with having ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, but it is a common comorbidity in autism. I can relate to it so much And it gives so much inspiration and also a way to easily show friends and loved ones what I'm struggling with. And last but not least, my wife, which is going through all of this ever-winding, adventurous and sometimes rocky path with me together. I would not sit here without her and I'm glad that we developed together in that time and inspired us mutually and had our backs in stormy and enjoyed the sunny times. Oops, and in the end I forgot to mention that yesterday it was the sixth anniversary of the Life is Strange release. Happy birthday, Liz. I'm glad that I could be part of seeing you getting older, even if I missed your first years. If you have any good idea or feedback about the podcast or know a person I should really do an interview with, please let me know. You can reach me on Twitter or via email. I will link it in the description. Yes, my Twitter name is it's me Maxine but my Twitter handle is different. But that is another upcoming story of mine. So thanks for listening to my podcast and spread the word. See you soon in and around Acadia Bay. Yours truly, Martin.